Welcome to the Oi Me Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Petro. This episode, we're talking with California teacher Fawn Wynn. Fawn is going to give us a brief introduction to her OAME session, What Have We've Been Teaching Mathematics All Wrong? We also talk about topics like giving students multiple opportunities on the same assessment, the benefits of Twitter for professional development, Googling yourself to find a lesson plan, and along the way, she also gives some shout-outs to a few Ontario teachers. So let's get to it. Okay, so we're talking with Fawn Wynn. Hi, Fawn. Welcome to Ontario. Hi, David. Hi, Ontario. Uh, you're talking to us uh, from sunny California, I believe. Except today, except this whole week, it's been just pouring rain. But starting tomorrow, the sun's coming back. So welcome to the OME Talks podcast. Thank you. And I want to introduce you to Ontario. Uh, some of our Ontario teachers got to see you last year at the OME 2018 conference. But maybe, Fawn, you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you ended up where you're at today. Okay, so my name is Fawn Nguyen, and I teach at Mesa Union School in Somas, California. And it's a K through eight, one school district. So we're kind of a nice small family. Uh, it's a public school and Somas is about 60 miles north of Los Angeles and 30 miles south of Santa Barbara. So I'm in the junior high with six, seven, eight, eighth graders. And so about 200 kids total in the junior high. Yeah, so I've been uh, at Mesa for about, I think this is my 17th year, but overall I've been in the classroom for 27. Yeah, and OAME, uh, Amy Lynn contacted me, reached out, and we knew each other on Twitter. And so that was really, really nice and hard to say no to. And I was very honored to do the keynote in 2018. Uh, And I also know a couple people, I wanna say I'm close to Mary Burasa and Sherry Walker. And so it was really cool to finally connect over on the Canada side. Well, I think one of the nice things about the way that we are connected nowadays is that I would say like 15 years ago, it wouldn't, you wouldn't really think about speaking at a conference that was halfway around the, the continent. In fact, you might not even be known well enough to speak at that conference. Whereas now I think with Twitter, especially with Twitter, we have this connection with teachers that we've never met before. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, Twitter remains the best PD for many of us. So we've got you here today, Fawn, because we want you to give us a, a brief introduction to your OME talk, What If We've Been Teaching Mathematics All Wrong, which you gave last year, and you're going to give us a webinar on that uh, in February. But can you give us a, a brief idea of sort of the Reader's Digest version of what uh, people will be seeing in that webinar? Well, first of all, the title. I mean, the title was kind of slap in the face, you know, because, you know, that's the last thing what math teachers need is that, you know, be told that what we've been doing is wrong. And uh, that's actually a personal thing that I say to myself. I feel like I've, I've been teaching mathematics incorrectly. And I see others do the same in the way that, because we, we pretty much uh, replicate how we were taught. This, that's what we know. Even though we love mathematics, I love mathematics. I've always loved math, but uh, I, I feel like I loved it for the wrong reasons. I loved it because I was getting A's. I loved it because I love numbers, but you know, I'm not so thrilled. I mean, later, I really didn't understand a whole lot. I was that, 
that kid who was good at formulas. I could, you know, crunch those numbers. We never did any kind of problem solving. It was just you know absorb, 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 and then regurgitate later. So I'm actually surprised that I myself love mathematics because I think、um, there's a, you know that's not how math works to have it that way. So I think we math teachers who grew up and be taught in that sense, it, it's a wonder that we like it at all and love it and continue and want to teach it. I mean that that's something special because I don't see how you know I, or I should say I understand why so many people not like it. Because it's frightening. It's kind of scary to have a subject where the focus is so much on the correct answers in a fixed amount of time, and that just makes you feel dumb. Frankly, it makes you feel stupid when you don't have the correct answers. So that gets perpetuated, and we have a large population who openly say they're not good in math, as if it's math to blame. And I think it's it's the learning and the teaching, the school mathematics got it wrong. It really has it wrong. I, I don't think you're really telling a story that's different from other places in the country、yeah. or in Canada.、Right. I think a lot of us who are teaching math had that same experience of being good at math、mm-hmm. and seeing success there. And I guess when I say that, I, I'm saying what you were saying: good at school、right. math. A lot of us were probably teacher pleasers. Right.、Well. We learned the system. I mean, we learned how it worked. That's right.、Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we were good at we we were good at playing that、yes. game, and、yes. you get a little bit of of props from doing well, and you want to play that game more. Correct.、And、we got praises for it. You know, we were praised. That's、yeah. right. And and I think that's that's also one of the things that makes it hard as a teacher to change what you're doing because many many of us, you know, we teach the way that we were taught. At least that's the way we start right, teaching. Right. Right. Yeah, not until I realize, oh, I don't have to teach this way, and my love for problem has just been—it's been my whole life of you know problem solving, and then I realize, oh, I can share this. I can share my love of this this side, this other side of mathematics. You know, you have the curriculum, and that's important. You know, we all have to teach the standards. That's what we're paid for. But at the same time,、um, you have the math practices, kind of similar to our eight math practices in the states. And to really get at those math practices, I, I just want to say that the curriculum is not enough.、And、to hit those, we really need to bring in problem solving and、uh, demystify this whole thing about you know、uh, fastest and smartest and and all of that. All a lot of misconception. About numbers and finishing it in a certain amount of time, mathematicians just don't work that way. I, I don't know where we get this notion. <laughs> well, yeah, and and actually, so many so many things I've been reading and hearing when I hear about mathematicians, that is in fact not the way they work. You know, they they're not the they weren't the fastest ones in in their grades. They were actually probably. The ones who are most persistent, right, or didn't quit when things got tough, but they weren't necessarily the fastest or、no. the best at the tests. Yeah, they they th- take their time to really think deeply. I don't. Yeah, they, they're persevering and thinking deeply. So I、um, first bring up the three things that I, I consider that we've been doing wrong, incorrectly. So the three things are, you know, what we teach, how we teach it, and why students should learn it. What is our reasoning? I think a lot of it we get wrong. I mean, when I say we, I'm talking from personal experience.、Sure. I mean, I'm I've done all of it wrong. If there's one thing that I know for sure, because I've been teaching so long, and that's how I know I've done the most wrong. But but hopefully, the last ten years, I, I've been doing you know some serious correcting and and hopefully. Passing on, you know, having kids who just love math for the sake of mathematics, and、um, yeah, just trying to to right the wrong that I had 
you know, myself created. And I also think that it's easy for us to think that we're doing things all right. Yeah. If all we're using as the litmus test, you know, how well kids are doing on the tests that we give. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very possible that a large proportion of our kids do well on the assessments that we give because they're good at following these instructions in the short term and they're really well good at, at following those instructions for the three weeks that we're in that unit or whatever it happens right, to be. Right. But who hasn't had that experience? Uh, maybe you're in a, a grade uh, nine class and you, at the beginning of the year and you're asking, do you remember when we did this last year? And they're all shaking their head no. And in your head, you're thinking, you were in my class. Like, right, we did right. this. I know yeah, we did. Yeah, right? yeah. They're not retaining it, uh, no. but they're doing well on the test. So sometimes we, f- we, we forget, use that yeah. as the wrong litmus test. Yeah. And having said all that, I mean, at the same time, however, the, the school, you know, every school, every administrator, come on, they'd be lying if they said that scores didn't matter. And so, yeah, the teachers want to make sure these scores go up. But at what cost? It's that finding that balance. And it's so, so hard. You know, and I think you're right, though, in that there still has to be a balance. Sure. Too much of one thing is not going to be good. And you have to find that middle ground. And I think that middle ground is different for every teacher. But I think an important part about finding that middle ground is having some self-awareness and doing some self-reflection about, you know, your own teaching practice. And one thing that I, I know that when I hear you speak about it... It's a, I guess it's a weird thing to say, but it makes me feel good to hear that other teachers are doubting themselves. You know, like, like I'm not the only person that is always worried about what I'm doing. Yeah, well, that's why Twitter is such a, a great community, because we talk about not just our success, but a lot of times, I mean, we save our conversations for things that are hard. And, you know, we, you know, we seek each other out because we found this to be challenging, that to be challenging, and we're just bouncing off ideas. But as long as we keep the conversation going, instead of, you know, you know, going home and just, you know, cry and or drink, <laughs> drink our sorrows away. But yeah, so we have those conversations, good or bad, you know, and, and Twitter provides that nicely. Yeah, so I, I kind of so switch over to uh, hopefully these are things that I know I find um, brings me so much joy. And the kids, I dare say that they uh, they love mathematics because they tell me and um, they kind of rush into class and, you know, and then I have to kick them out of class. So those are little signals that says they really want to stay. And so one of the first ones is to challenge st- students daily. I mean, just to challenge them because they are all thinkers. They can think at, you know, at what level, at whatever capacity, but they all can think and be challenged. And when I say challenge, I feel so afraid of, you know, uh, teachers see that as, well, my kids can't do the regular stuff. What do you mean by challenge them? See, that's not what I mean at all. Challenge just means ask them to think instead of feeding them everything. That's a problem they struggle is because they've been fed. They've been fed stuff that they haven't had a chance to construct for themselves. They haven't had a chance to construct meaning for themselves. Just take that pause, talk to someone. So that's all I mean by challenge. Just just allow them to think, to process what it is that we're you know, is in front of them. And challenge doesn't mean give them a, a difficult problem. That, that's silly. That, that's not what, I, that's not my definition of challenge. My, my definition of challenge is simply every opportunity from your warm up 
to every task that you do your homework, that you're asking kids to pause and think. I think it's an art form to do that in your own class too, because you know a challenge for one student may not be a challenge for another. Exactly. And I think the first step, and I think you kind of alluded to it, is you first have to believe that your kids will step up to the challenge. Yes, yes you have to. You have to. And uh, it, it's true. You know, you can have. You want. You do want them to feel that success. So you do. You want to pose a problem where lots, lots of people can do it, and then you. You. It's like a knob, right? You. You crank up the volume. You crank up. You ratchet up the skill level, but whatever. But that's right. It is an art form. It's it's something. It takes um, years, but you don't give up. I I think you know we we don't want our kids to give up, and as teachers, we we can't give up either. We we need to find that balance for ourselves, and 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 just you know observe, observe. You know, record ourselves, watch how things are, find that sweet spot. I mean, and every classroom is different, every teacher is different, but there is that sweet spot about. You know, when do I come in to facilitate? That's all we're doing, should be doing, is facilitating the classroom discussion. And so as a teacher, how do you scaffold, you know, uh, and how do you, when do you come in? When do you, you know, have group work? When do you have in pairs? Oh, no, it, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. I mean, and luckily, it's, it's complex in a way. I mean, I'm glad it, it's um, that teaching is, is so difficult. I mean, right? If it were easy, we'd all be doing it. And we all, That's yeah, right. we yes. are. However, the teachers who stay, we're fighting the good fight because we know we can get better at this because we can get the feedback from the kids. You know, there there are days when I don't want the class to end and the kids feel the same way. It's like, oh my gosh, they don't want to leave the class. I don't want this class to end. I mean, there's so much joy to that. And so we learn from that, hey, that was successful. Why was that successful? We sit back and we reflect what were the key things that happened. And yeah, and it's so complex. Otherwise, you know, I mean, you know, we all be taking classes online. Right now, right. now that so many things are offered online, if teaching were easy, we'd be um, teaching would be a, a profession that would get you know that goes to the wayside. I refuse to believe that. You know, the 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 good teachers are the ones that that have that conversation going. That no no software, yeah, uh, right. can do that. Can replace us. You know, and there are so many examples online of teaching videos. If that's all you do in your classroom is teach like those videos, then you can be replaced by the internet. Right. I think teaching is much more than that. Right. And it, it's something that I, I didn't learn until later in my career, but you know, teaching is it's much more about the relationships that you build with your students it than is. the information that you're, you're giving them. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. It is, you know, first and foremost, the relationships, because without those relationships, without the rapport, Really, nothing else, nothing else matters, or nothing else is worthwhile. And um, it makes because it makes teaching easier in the sense of, you know, you are doing it's it's not forced. It's just a natural love that you are trying to instill, and then because of trust, I guess, you know, we talk about relationships. Well, what's the point of relationship? It's because of trust. I, you know, I I I trust that um, we're in this because we believe in something. We have a common goal. And uh, we trust that we will not put each other down. We trust that this is safe. All of that, all of those dynamics. And and I, I see teaching as an art, you know. I just see it as an art. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So you want to challenge students. What else do we want to do? And then uh, teach of a student learning. And what I meant for that is all the other aspects of teaching, meaning there's testing, right? So one of the big things we do and the schools do is we test the kids. Okay, you know, I've taught the way that I want to teach. I've got my tenses, but now it's it's for student learning. So if we focus on student learning, this is where my retakes come in. I wanted the kids to learn. 
So therefore, I'm going to allow a second chance, a third chance, however many it takes, so that the kids will learn. I will go out of my way to do X, Y, and Z because why? I'm all about. So I go back to student learning. I guess I want that to be a separate category, just so that we're mindful that why of why we're here. Bottom line, at the end of the day, it's about student learning. Part of that is realizing that not all students learn at the same pace.、Right. And I think that sometimes the freight train of the curriculum、right. can be the thing that that is in the way there. And so, you know, I love to hear the fact that that you you're allowing for retakes.、Yeah. You know, if you didn't learn it on the first try, okay, try again. Because if we don't, I think if we don't learn on the first try, and then we just keep going, what incentive is there for them to learn that thing they didn't learn?、Right. At the same time, we have to make everyone accountable. Yeah, I really like. I like that. If you don't hold students accountable, then they will sit back and just、yeah. let it go by. I, I, yeah, I, I have no trouble telling the kids, "I need you to meet me halfway." Okay, I, I mean, really, I, I, I can only, you know, I'm here,、um, I'm here. I, there's one of me, and there's thirty of you, and so I'm here at lunchtime. I need you to come in at lunchtime. Okay, so we will, we'll, we'll do this together. But that's where the parents come in. So I I want to hold the parents accountable. I I want to hold my administrators accountable. I mean, we all have to talk the same talk, and and um you know I, I've been in the classroom for so long that um I want to call someone out if they kind of shy away from that or their actions don't match what they promise me that they promise student learning. Wait, what the policy that you just passed, this thing that you just did, or you know this mandate that you just gave? Well, it doesn't work towards kids learning, and you know, I mean, at least you know I'll get shut down, whatever, every now and then. But you know, I just need to speak up, and、um, well, just for your own sanity, right? My sanity. Well, I owe it to my kids. I, I, my sanity, and then you know, because the kids really don't have a voice. Nobody asked it for their opinion about you know these policies. Whatever. Very often. They don't know anything that's happening outside the classroom. So these things are being policies are set up and whatever structures are set up without the kids' input. And I think there was one more point of、yeah. of one of your three points that I think、yeah. was is really important. The last one, I I pretty much、uh, took it wholesale from Francis Sue, Professor Francis Sue. It's called Help Students Seek Truth and Beauty. And now that one is harder because the the mathematics teacher. We really need to love. I mean, just geek out on mathematics because that's contagious. We we need to have that. We cannot be teaching mathematics and help kids seek truth and beauty when you know when we ourselves kind of you know, especially the elementary teachers. And I don't mean to pick on them, but oh my gosh, I mean they're my heroes for sure. So absolutely, I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying that they have so many subjects, and it would be hard pressed to believe. I mean, because it's impossible to love. Are you kidding? To love all the subjects equally, yeah. So that's a hard one to do. That's that's more of a personal thing. But you know, I, when I I give a kids a problem, it's it's not. It's because I myself have struggled with it, and I myself found found so much joy in doing it. That's why when people just ask me for problems, and I just want to make sure that they really work on it. And I said, until you really work on it, that's why I don't provide solutions. I try not to because if if I'm afraid, if I just you know if if I just give a problem, here's a solution that teacher may have skipped, right? Just may not never worked on it, or、right. just just get into it and then 
kind of, oh, okay, the answer is, okay, whatever. And that per- that perpetuates the idea that math is just about right, the answers exactly. anyways. Right, exactly. And it, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I try to avoid that because truly that's, that's my love. I mean, I bring to my kids something that I truly, truly live and breathe. And, and I hope to just pass it on because, yeah, Francis Sue has this whole talk about um, why do we do mathematics? It's for humanity. We need it. We need it for humanity because there's so much, there's so much there and, and so much joy that we can get out of it. And and the way it's taught now, I mean, I don't think the word joy comes up, especially for the adults out there in our society, the adults out there right. just don't embrace math. But we, we can change that. We And we are changing it. That's just it. We are. I mean, you know, just from what we see on Twitter and all these PDs that are offered, I mean, we are embracing this, you know. I think that that's true more than ever. Yes. That there there is more public joy about mathematics now than there ever has been, yes, I think. Yes, that's a great way to say that, public joy, right? We're we're not ashamed. <laughs> that's right. I like math, and I'm going to let yes, you know yes, it. Yes, yes, exactly, right? Yeah. So I, I don't want to give away your whole talk, yeah. and, and and that that was certainly a, a nice summary of yeah. what's there. And I, I want to remind our listeners that, that Fawn goes through some great examples and expands on a lot of these ideas in her actual talk. Uh, which we'll see in in the webinar. And I don't want to hold you too much longer tonight, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about some of the projects that you've worked on or working on now or working on in the past that you want you might want to talk about. Okay, well, uh, yeah. Visual Patterns is my big one. I'm super proud of that one. And you should be. That it is it is an amazing it is an amazing resource. I, I just yeah, one uh, day I I mean I've have those I've I've been doing those forever until one day I realized, oh, there's really no place on the internet that has a collection of these. So, and then what's what makes it super cool and makes me proud um is, is the contributions that yeah. I mean, I you don't know the 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 number I have, maybe 25% now uh, of their mind that I, I made, but the rest are from people and, and students. So there's getting close to 300 now, I think. Right, right. I mean, it started out, you know, yeah, I, I, I well, when I first opened it, it was 100% mine. And then it, that percentage, what's mine, keeps decreasing because more and more people kept submitting. So, yeah, I think it couldn't be more than 25%. Uh, that's mine. And uh, I hope um, I was going to stop at 180, you know, for the 180 days of school. But now, yeah, we're over 200 just because uh, this is so great. And I'm so grateful. Um, I actually have um, a folder of emails that I still need time to to post more on there. So I'm sure it must be difficult to find patterns that aren't already there in some shape or form. Correct. Yeah. But no, we're still finding unique ones still. But yeah, there's for sure there's some duplicates. But the fact that people are submitting, I'm just so grateful. And if I have more time, they they all can go up. And uh, the only ones that I've started to tell people is uh, please refrain from uh, coloring your patterns. Right. Yeah, because, you know, when you color it, our, our eyes just, you know, kind of biased and we we just see it the way that you had colored it. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the only thing that I've had to tell uh, people who submit if they can can just make it one color. But that's not your only site, though. No, I have. Um, so between two numbers is the newer one. And yeah, that one just has 30 entries. I have more, but again, it's a time thing. Sure. And, and uh, Jules, yep. he, he translated the whole site to French. I mean, how cool is that? And um, Another Ontario connection there. Yes, yes. And uh, so, 
it's uh you know it's it's a labor of love I, I don't know what else you know i don't get a penny from these sites actually i, I pay you know to host them and uh but <laughs> yeah 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 i was gonna say your GoDaddy bill must be big it is I, you know it's start, starting to just because i don't put any ads on there and i i have to write them off as you know taxes this is towards education uh, and then the smaller ones the math talks mathtalks.net that was just a collection of uh, what my students did during number talks and pattern talks I have my math talks has both number talks and pattern talks and I just didn't have the heart to throw those papers out because we were I was writing down what my students were sharing verbatim and so I just I just you know created a site just to put post those up and I think sometimes the building of a site like that I can see that as being just for you right Yes. As, a, as almost like a personal diary of those conversations with your students. And the, the beauty is that the rest of us benefit from that. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. And uh, I hope so. That that was the idea. That was. The, I remember the first time I Googled my, myself to find a lesson. And it's like, oh, this is useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. So, so you Googled yourself to find your own lesson? Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Because, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I put everything on there, I, right? I put the handouts, whatever, put everything on there. There and I remember, you know, I, I share the conversation because to me that's important. So I would, you know, be scribing what the kids share, and I would be sharing that on the post. And uh, yeah, and so it's like, oh, okay. So that's that to me. That's some next level teaching stuff, right there. <laughs> no, that was just yeah. That's kind of selfish uh, public storage. <laughs> um, yeah, a diary I, of my teaching. Yeah. Well, I agree, and you know, I think that you know the amount of teachers who are now blogging about what they do. Yeah is so beneficial to the rest of us right you know and it's just a public a public log of you know what went on that day or right. what they did and i think we can all learn so much about about that for uh, sure about our own profession because of these because of what these teachers are sharing you, you included exactly that's just so it's so wonderful i mean that's just it we we are good at stealing right and stealing stuff and uh, yeah we all are and we're grateful the only problem i see with that is just it's too much if there's there's too much there so we need the time to because it is important that that big word about coherence we we can't be all over the place we can't be yeah so we still need to stick with the main curriculum you know our, our standards that still needs to be our focus and then we need to supplement in the way that there's a balance but there's way more good stuff out there that we just simply don't have the time you know and uh, and because yeah time is important but but time is important in the sense that we need to to write to bring time makes us bring the very best to our kids that's what it does for me it's like we only have so much time right and uh, so therefore i'm not going to waste time doing this and this because uh there's something else I like. we're choosier and we're more critical of the of the stuff that we bring in because uh, time is a, a high commodity that was fun win junior high math teacher from Somis, California. She gave us a glimpse of her OME 2018 session, What If We've Been Teaching Mathematics All Wrong? OAME members can hear her full session when she expands on her ideas with examples and student work in a live webinar on February 13th. One thing I liked about her session is that despite the fact that she's from California, she includes many examples and references to Ontario curriculum, news, and teachers. If you're interested in that webinar, you must sign up ahead of time on MCIS. See the link to register in the show notes, as well as the links to all of FON websites. 
Next month on the podcast will be our last episode in this short inaugural season. We will be talking with Mark Chubb, who is an instructional coach at the District School Board of Niagara. He will be giving us an introduction to his OAME talk about building your students' mathematical intuitions. So stay tuned for that. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review and let us know. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on OAME Talks.